Late? Late to the <laughs> movies? Yeah, that was, that, was a, that was an option I was thinking about. I like that one. That's a good one. All right. Well, Watch out for that podcast. It's a doozy. <laughs> I'm going to leave it all in. Good. Um, as you guys know, I don't really know how to start yet, but it'll either be just sort of uh, like we just had or... <laughs> Or uh, welcome to Lady of the Movies. I'm I'm Ben Holt, and this is a podcast where my friends and I get to fill in our movie blind spots and sometimes family. Every week we pick a movie that either I or a guest hasn't seen before, but really should have by now. This week the movie is Groundhog Day. The uh, guests this week are Kay, hello, Sam, hello, and Bree. Hi, how's it going, guys? It's going good. Good. Yeah. Cool. Very, very snowy. Very, very snowy. Very snowy. Yeah, we're talking to you post blizzard. Um, so actually, this episode's coming out tomorrow as we're recording it. So mm-hmm. if you're listening to it right when it comes out, you know what we're talking about because <laughs> I would be surprised if you don't also live near where I am. Yeah. But, hey, if you don't, that's great. But for for me and and probably most of the people who listen to this podcast, uh, we had a blizzard yesterday. Lots of snow. Yeah. I think it, our city's count ended up being like 18 to 19 inches. Yeah. That's a lot of snow. Yeah, and uh, this is a movie that has a lot of snow in it, too. Yeah, so. there's a blizzard talked about quite a bit. In it, so. Ended up yeah. being... Kind of good timing. Yeah, <laughs> great timing. It, it really ended up pretty pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Excited to talk about the movie. This will be our first Bill Murray one, mm-hmm. uh, our first Harold Ramis one, mm-hmm. and Andy McDowell, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Our first Brian Doyle. Actually, it's our second Brian Doyle Murray he was uh, the boss in Christmas Vacation. Ah, uh, oh yeah, that's right. So, yeah. so our, our second Bill Murray's older brother movie, but our first <laughs> Bill Murray movie. But first, before we get into that, I want to always, as always, mention up front, um, I've seen this before, you guys have? I have. And first time for you, Brie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't think, I, I hadn't seen it in ages. It had probably been years yeah. since I'd actually just sat down and watched it. But they usually show it around this time of year, so I've definitely caught pieces oh, sure. here and there. Yeah, it's 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 the only game in town for Groundhog it Day. It is, yeah, it's very days, true. Um, let's talk a little bit about what you guys have been watching lately. Last time we recorded was a few weeks ago, so I don't know if anything has come up for you guys recently. Uh, I was going to say, the, I haven't really done any new movies or anything, but I rewatched The Good Place, um, which kind of, I was telling Ben, felt... Like I was thinking a lot more philosophically about mm-hmm. Groundhog Day as I was watching it because of that kind of leading into it. Um, so I have a lot of thoughts when we get to, to that topic. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it for me. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but that's that's a really good pairing. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, how about you? Uh, we because we mostly it was the same TV shows right, we yeah. talked about <laughs> last time. Uh, I did. I guess the only main thing I have to add is that uh, I watched Goodfellas in a I. In like a situation where like I don't know if I've ever watched all of Goodfellas, so I was like, oh, let's just sit there. I ended up watching it like kind of like a mini series by mistake because I'll like watch it before bed. Like I'm falling asleep, so I'm gonna turn it off. Goodfellas because it's like almost I think it's like two and a half hours long. Um, but yeah, I was like, have I seen all this movie? I'd seen all the scenes. I'd seen the funny how like a clown. Do I amuse you? Scene, you know. Mm-hmm. But like uh, I guess in my brain, I always was like, I feel like I've never seen the heist scene, and then realized after the fact that that's all done off screen. <laughs> they don't actually have a heist in the movie. It's just mm-hmm. I probably ruined a future episode of this podcast. But <laughs> well, I don't but, know. It's like maybe it's spoil good. Yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, no, good movie. Um. 
I don't think it's like the greatest movie of all time, but that's a conversation for another day. Yeah. But like, it's a good movie. I just a decent amount of people do. So that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Where I, was at, where I was like, oh, I make sure I'll watch it. And again, maybe not watching it all at once was a bad thing. But like, um, yeah, it was a good movie, good Scorsese movie, good mob movie. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I feel like I just got a rambled at ending there, that's but. Fine. Did, um, were, you, were you also watching Goodfellas? No, I was asleep. Okay. <laughs> he has his uh, white man in his 30s moments yeah, when it's my nap time or yeah. my sleep time. Yeah, so, so Brie usually goes to bed at 10. So then yeah, I usually conk out bad. between like 12 and 1. So it's like when she's asleep, I've joked that I'm watching my white guy in their thir- in his 30s shows and movies. So it's like I'm, I'm cruising through The Sopranos now. Yeah. I finished The Wire. <laughs> I'm gonna watch Friday Night Lights after this for the first time. So like, uh, well, TV show or really movie? TV show, maybe both. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? But it gets weird. And <laughs> we, we, I'm, I mean, I'm halfway through a Soprano season. I was like, I just want to watch Goodfellas. So like, I'm literally like season three, episode four or something. Like, I'm not like yeah. at the end of a season. Yeah. And I was just like, let's just sneak Goodfellas in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've been watching a lot of movies recently because of uh, Oscars are coming up. Oscar voting just started. A lot of Guild Award nominees were announced this week. So I watched Power of the Dog. I was waiting because uh, Blank Check, another podcast I listened to, is doing Jane Campion movies. I was going to wait until they get up to that one. But I didn't want to wait anymore. Um, <laughs> so I watched it. It's awesome. It's the best Benedict Cumberbatch has ever been in a movie, I think. Uh, it looks amazing. The music is great. Hopefully Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead wins an Oscar for it. So we'll see. Yeah, and um, I was looking into Power of the Dog, and one of the things that was interesting to me was just, you know, seeing it's a cowboy movie, and I asked Bree, I was like, do you know who's the lead in this cowboy movie? And, you know, Bree's like, I don't know, I don't, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I was like, well, pick who you think is the least cowboy person of all time. And she just immediately said Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> Without knowing anything about this movie. I'd never heard of it. But just that phrasing, the least cowboy, the least person you'd expect in a Western like cowboy movie. And I almost said Tom Hiddleston, which would have been yeah. in the same in the same boat. Yeah. But I was something in me was like, it has to be Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. He's very exactly. much the antithesis of what you think a cowboy exactly. is. Yeah, and that's that's definitely part of it. I don't want to spoil anything, but it, it's him leaning into a certain mode okay. for a very specific purpose. Um, the, like the character, obviously, is you know didn't didn't wasn't born into that, but. Uh, he's like a Yale-educated guy that everyone thinks of as like this really great conversationalist and stuff, but he just it gets really into the rancher in Montana lifestyle. Um, Did you watch yeah. uh, Don't Look Up yet? I have not. Okay, well, we don't have to. We did, we had, I did, I just remembered we did watch. Oh, that, that. was in between the. That was in between. Okay, oh, but God. um, <laughs> you talked about it in a previous, and without you being able to talk about it, we would just be saying like the same things. Like yeah. no spoilers, yeah, but yeah. it's good. <laughs> I did not like it. Yeah. Uh, no spoilers, but Jonah Hill was the best, only good part of that movie. Jonah Hill plays an asshole so good that I almost yeah. hate him in real life. Like, yeah, exactly. It's, it's as good as um, This Is the End? I would say it's better almost. Wait. Like oh, his, uh, like Jonah Hill? version of playing yeah, an asshole. Him being, oh, I think so. It's the same yeah. character for sure. It's okay. definitely him just being like the like kind of like he's essentially he's the white house chief chief of staff in the movie and his whole thing is just like calling people sweetheart and you know what i mean and just like all that like throwing food on the ground instead of handing it to them just like like just really just 
jerk ass stuff. This is the end is a better movie, yes. but his character <laughs> is better in Don't Look Up. They're no, this is the end is definitely yeah. better than Don't Look Up. <laughs> Don't Look Up's got a lot of good moments. Uh, there was also it has some good moments, but overall, I was yeah. just I was kind of over how hard they were trying to push that narrative. Like I agree with the narrative, but it was just not fun to watch. It was yeah. kind of agonizing the <laughs> entire way. It was too long. Things like that. It's like if we've lived through something that was like a similar kind of administration that you're trying to kind of farce mm. here. Like, I don't need to see yeah. this again. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Let's get into Groundhog Day. Who wants to do the uh, the plot summary in a minute or less? I can try. Here we I go. I haven't no. done one yet. You don't get it. You and can I try again. And I immediately right? have forgotten everything that happens in this movie, so we'll oh, see how uh, it goes. There, there's a rodent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there is a rat that tells the weather. It's ratatouille for weather. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can Photoshop that onto the poster as like the tagline. <laughs> Oh my god. All right. That better make go the whenever, yeah. Go whenever you're ready. <laughs> All right. So, Bill Murray is a weatherman in Pittsburgh. He is being tasked with uh covering the Groundhog Day in uh Pugsatawney. He, Annie McDowell, and uh Chris Elliott are the team that is sent from the weather and uh, from the news station. He is very arrogant and he does not really think this is something that he should be doing. They arrive, he does it kind of uh facetiously the entire time not quite happy to be there does the broadcast goes to sleep wakes up the next morning and it is the same day this continues to happen many many times again and again he lives the same day he goes through kind of ups and downs of am i going to be good am i going to kind of live with no consequences he kills himself a lot which i had forgotten happens and then he eventually kind of just lives his best life ends up with annie mcdowell's character they fall in love and they live on to the next day Good, you did it with about five seconds to spare. Boom, nice. boom, boom. Well done. Uh, I think the first 15 to 20 minutes of the movie before the loop resets is the least charming Bill Murray's is in any of like the big comedies that he does, I think. Yeah. Because yeah. obviously he's in dramatic films too. and you know, It's very but. much still kind of like Bill Murray's vibe, but like very kind of like just pushed right over that line into yes. like a complete asshole. Like yeah. it's, thing- it's just like, it's just like by a degree too caustic yeah. and just a little bit too at everyone else's expense. Kind of. Thing. Oh yeah. I hated watching him. I was like, can we get past when he starts being good? Because like, this is, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. this is kind of painful to watch. Like I, I hate him. Even that part, the very, very beginning when he is like talking about the weather and he like goes and sits down next to the woman and she's like, you've been there, like you've done this twice before, right? And he's like, four times. And I was like, oh shit. Like, it's just like, yeah, he's just a little bit too caustic. Yeah. Like that's the absolutely the word. On purpose, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly, but. Yeah. I think it's like this and Scrooged are probably the two movies. I don't think he, I've ever seen Scrooge. Scrooge did, I mean, it's just I assume Christmas Carol. Yeah, so he's the, he's the, Scrooge character, yeah, the titular <laughs> yep, Scrooge, yep. and so the beginning he's also being mean there, but yeah, it's essentially that. Like, there's not a lot of movies where he's, especially as the main protagonist, being that caustic. Mm-hmm. I think it's that's an interesting point of comparison because one of the things that I was thinking about a lot this time that is uh, how how the movie kind of operates. With a Christmas Carol, Scrooge is explicitly told this is what's happening and this is what we expect you to get out of it, whereas this just sort of starts happening. And there's never any, you know, angel or conscience type character that comes in to say, like, you got to get it right or you can't get out of the loop. And he's just, mm-hmm. he just does it. 
And so eventually I think it'd be the same thing. You'd just be like, okay, well, I guess nothing matters. Mm -hmm. And you just become way more of a nihilist, which isn't what happens in Christmas Carol, right? (laughs) (laughs) I remember Michael Caine. Michael Caine. He isn't just like... Gonzo. He doesn't just like steal Kermit and drive off with him. (laughs) No, he does not. All right. Uh, Yeah, so starting with Bill Murray is probably as good a place as any. As it goes on, he modulates his performance depending on what it's doing. And I like that it's not a straight line. He has a lot of peaks and valleys, which which makes a lot of sense for this. Yeah, I feel like thinking back on it, I, again, had not really sat down and watched this probably since high school. Um, and I don't think I had remembered how many kind of iterations of the different like redoing a scene with like a slightly different like frantic energy of like he you can tell he's getting frustrated at like having to redo certain things or the number of times that he either like electrocutes himself in the bathtub or like jumps off a building and then kind of drives off a cliff and it just kind of it's not all of those happen at once it's kind of spread throughout which absolutely makes sense I don't I'm certain someone at some point has done a number of like how many times they kind of it would make sense for him to have relived this day, but it's way more than I had remembered. Like it feels like it's probably like he's done this for like over a year at this point. I think the I looked into this a little bit uh, and Harold Ramis says that he thinks he was in the loop for 10 years Mm. and a lot of people that have done like research and like calculations can estimate anywhere between like 20 and 40 years of like having to master skills yeah. whether they're over whether he's like learning card tricks while he's also learning ice sculpting you know like a lot of people like that's a lot to do in one day he probably just like like lays on a couch for like three hours a lot like yeah. without, because he's just bored or he's just mm-hmm. tired or whatever um but yeah it's i mean it's tough to quantify because we don't see it but it yeah. would have to be a while you'd have to assume that it is like a good five to ten years of his life are stuck in here the original idea that according to ramus is that it's ten thousand years and then later he's said probably maybe 10 years so i was trying to look at like you said people have studied it i tried to look at how long does it take to be you know efficient like sufficient at piano mm. and it's basically like six months of practicing every day and you get like, you can like play a song that you're practicing. Um, but he's doing like jazz piano improvisation yeah. by the end. And that's gotta be years. Yeah. Like, right. It's gotta, that's not like, you can't learn that. No. Yeah. Piano is not easy. That, that poor girl that gets kicked out of that class so many <laughs> times. <laughs> just, I know it's every only day. once for her, but yeah. Just towards, <laughs> right. But Yeah. I, I always wonder, does he like, It'd be like, hey, what time could I have come today that you were free? Yeah. <laughs> Just like, let yeah, that girl exactly. have her lesson. Yep. 10,000 times she gets kicked out. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, and it's not just that one skill it's like he's become right that, so that's good the thing at so too. many yeah. things that it must have been years and years and years and years of him just having time to kind of pick up where he left off the day before um because at one point, I mean, the part where he's going to the hospital and he has to see the chart, like it, they never talk about it, but it's implied he is some sort of medical professional yeah. or like has yep. the knowledge. Yeah, to do a, that. Co- a then, couple times. It's, yeah, someone has, refers to him as Dr. Connors right. later. Like, he gets really good at the Heimlich maneuver. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> his brother must be yep. having that same joking episode at the same time every day. He gets yep. a lot of practice. I always, I was wondering if that, if um, Brian Doyle Murray's character dies. If he doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, cause I feel like that yeah. would really ruin the night, 
he's he's essentially the leader of the inner circle of of the groundhogs. Yep. So it. like, if that dude dies that night choking, mm-hmm. um, I feel like that changes the mood of the whole town. You know what I mean? Like, I don't feel yeah. like there's he must still. he must not because there's other times that Murray's still like out at the bar when yeah. that party's happening. So it must just be like a really traumatizing thing, and he's. <laughs> He get he probably gets it out or somebody else time licks him and he's just doing it because he wants the notoriety mm-hmm. for that moment because oh, he can leverage it take, later. Yeah. yeah, he's just leveraging. Yeah, <laughs> that is one interesting thing about the arc that I forgot is that around forty minutes in it starts doing kind of the rom com stuff, and um, by an hour in he's already kind of flubbed it because the way he's doing it is just creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to mention that, that yeah. like, as opposed to all the heroic stuff that he does, whether it be for selflessness or like the notoriety for it, he just does a lot of creepy stuff, like <laughs> yeah. just trying over and over yeah. to try to sleep with different women, like trying, like remembering things, like kind of basically yeah. stalking them might, isn't the really the right word, because like you're still, it's the same day for them, but like you're, he's memorizing all these small things to be able to sleep with them later, and that's just the creepiest part yeah, about that whole like time loop that part. Yeah. Calculated exactly. kind of mode of, uh, and I think uh, Andy McDowell's character calls him on it mm-hmm. at the end of like their first, like when the night's gone really well right. and he finally gets back and she goes, why do you keep like saying things mm-hmm. like that? Or have you talked to my friends? Did you like, and she like recognizes something is weird about exactly. the way that this is happening. Yeah, yeah. And it only eventually works for him when he, doesn't spend the whole day with her mm-hmm. and is just Genuine. doing other stuff. And then at the end of the day, she's like, wow, you had a really good day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and I like to that the very last one, which it, we're very much jumping to the end now, but like when she, like they wake up in the morning and she says like, yeah, you didn't even like do anything. You just told me to like stay. And like, mm-hmm. we like went to sleep. It's mm-hmm. like good. Like that is the arc. Right. Yeah. I, I want to talk about the pacing of this movie mm. <laughs> because yeah. inherently, I'm always a big pacing guy. It's a weird thing to be like part of, but it's the thing I notice about a movie immediately. Like, is the pacing good or not? For a time loop movie, it's tough because pacing is both everything and nothing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very odd. But um, one thing I want to key in on is that, um, and it goes with the pacing, is that the relationship seemed to evolve even though um, the essentially everyone besides Bill Murray should be a, approaching this day the same way. To me, it feels very weird. I'm going to hone in on Chris Elliott's character because it's the most stark one. Chris Elliott starts as like the foil to Bill Murray almost in almost like a protagonistic way. I don't know if that's a word, but I made it up. <laughs> yeah. uh, but um, like Bill Murray's an asshole and Chris Elliott's just like, oh, shucks. And, you know, like, oh, like sarcastically, you know, like everything. Like, oh, like Bill Murray's just going to be a jerk. And yeah. we're yeah. supposed did, to. Did he really call himself the talent? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like you're supposed to like Chris Elliott. And then about halfway through the movie, there starts to be stuff like he, you know, he wakes up and he starts to try to do better. And or actually, this is more towards the end, I guess. But like, you know, he gets them coffee in the morning. He gets Andy McDowell and Chris Elliott coffee in the morning. And like you start seeing Chris Elliott approaching the rest of the movie, approaching Bill Murray's character in a much more positive light. And on one hand, we don't see every start to the morning. So maybe Bill Murray knows that if he gets him a coffee in the beginning of the morning, the rest of the day, he's kind of feels ingratiated to him. Yeah. But then we like pivot to Chris Elliott's actually kind of a creep. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, yeah, you just can't fight nature, I think. Yeah. And that, that was something I said too. Is it's like, Chris Elliott's kind of a normal guy 
But everyone still treats him like a Chris Elliott character. Yeah. Like, you just get to a point where you're like, no, that's Chris Elliott. I know his thing. He's going to do something gross. Yeah. So it's just weird to me. Like, in it's most also stark with Andy McDowell. You Like, you know, we were just talking about she has you know, all these days where she's supposed to start and not like Bill Murray. She's an optimist, so you can kind of hand wave it in your head. Yeah. But the last day, like you said, nothing happens with her. And now she's making out with him in bed where the previous time, like that he pitched a perfect day, shall we say, Mm -hmm. and she didn't even really want to kiss him. Now she's, you know, kissing him in bed the next morning and everything's hunky dory. Like it just agreeing to move in with him, like to another (laughs) town. Like that would have literally been a day her too. Yeah. 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 It made no sense. Yeah. So that point they had met like two and a half days earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I think it's tough because on the one hand, that switch only works if they only met the day before and she can be like, oh, I guess he was having a bad day yesterday yeah. and normally he's a great guy. Um, because, it, But then at the same time, them ending up like together together, that probably only works if they've known each other for a while and it's like a normal rom-com setup of like, these two don't get along, but they're more similar than they know. Right. But yeah. for her, it's like, well, we just met yesterday. I don't really know what this guy's yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> We had uh, we drove from Pittsburgh to here, and then he went to a different hotel, and I haven't yep. seen him since. And he was kind of a dick the whole time, like, right? That's, yeah. <laughs> but now, and now I've spent a grand total of like a couple hours with him, and he, he actually he seems pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and I I understand. I don't think the movie could have ended any other way for it to still have as much like heart as it does, um, even though logically. We understand that that does not make sense for her to kind of as a character, as a person, decide, no, I'll move in with this guy. Like, that's, right. that sounds great. Um, the arc that he goes through and the way that that last day goes, that kind of payoff is does make sense for the movie. Um, and for kind of his journey to kind of end mm-hmm. in that place makes a lot of sense. But again, yeah, logically, no, no <laughs> it does not, not make all. sense. Yeah, it's tough. Can you get that a little closer? Mm-hmm. I told you you weren't going to lean forward. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's it's interesting. So do you guys think he, I mean, he gets a lot of opportunities to do this one day and ends up in many different like kind of material objective ways having at least the trappings of being a good person. So does that last when he like goes back to his normal job and back to Pittsburgh and stuff? or Because... He gets a lot of chances in practice at doing this one day, but I don't know if that really extends. I think if you're stuck in a time loop for 15, like 10 to 20 years, whatever it ends up being, I think that changes you. And you probably yeah. don't want to get back in a situation where you're in that again, having to like learn your life lessons. Yeah. So I think he might actually be changed for the better by the end of it. He at least knows piano really well. Though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can go into a lot of different professions now. <laughs> I would I would be worried. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I would be worried about it recurring if that happened in real life. Like, God, I hope this doesn't oh, happen God. again. Like, right. next, the next Groundhog Day was probably very traumatic for him. Right, just yeah. Like, really oh, for hoping sure. That not covering that anymore. Yeah, <laughs> not going to yeah. Punxsutawney. He wants to move there, but he probably yeah. shouldn't go to Punxsutawney anymore. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's a this town thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I agree. I agree with Bree that I think... If we're going with the kind of idea, which is the only thing that makes sense for him to have gained all these skills, that he's been here for legitimately upwards of a decade mm-hmm. and been living, you just naturally will be a different person by the time yeah. you come out of that. Um, and I think they tried to portray that with that last day of he wasn't trying to kind of be over the top. He wasn't really trying to get with Andy McDowell anymore. It was more just 
he knew this was kind of the best way to live his life in that day. And that's what he was trying to do. I do like that the whole town knows who he is. Yeah. And like the last that like everyone's like, oh, Phil, get up there, Phil. It's like, you've known him for like 16 hours at yeah. this yeah, point. Yeah. With the piano teacher yes, being like, like, he's my student. Yeah. He's like, yeah, okay. This becomes like a local bon vivant. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, the this the, the waitress guy. loves him, having probably only seen him for like an hour mm-hmm. that day. At most. Uh, yeah, and it's all, yeah, it kind of is just like, I guess he was very busy because... Yeah. He had to have hit all those same people on the same day. Right, yeah. Like, after all those years of, like, doing all these loops and, like, he's probably figured out, like, the most efficient way to do everything and, like, Mm -hmm. see everyone that by that last day he knew, like, exactly where to be at all times and, like, everyone in the town, since I don't know how small the town is, but I'm assuming pretty small, would know, like, who he is, have heard about him, like, hey, did you hear this guy, like, the weatherman, like, saved this guy's life or, like, you know, was here right when this kid fell out of a tree, like... Never thanked him once. No, no. never thanked what him once. What do you once. say? What do you say, <laughs> brat? Um, yeah, what, so what are your favorite kind of looping things or your favorite bits that they do? I always forget not to ask a question and be like, and I'll go next. Um... I think the scene where he's driving the drunk guys is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really good. I like That's how the drunk... That's early, too. Yeah, it happens pretty early. Like, it's like the third That's night. When he, yeah, see, when he realizes, I can do whatever yeah. I want. And like how freaked out the drunk guys get. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I happen to agree with that rule. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mine favorite is Ned Ryerson. And well, yeah. One of, <laughs> but I will, I will add a, a thing to it. Um, Ned Ryerson, played by uh, Stephen Toblerone. <laughs> Tolobowski. I can't. It's an inside joke between me and Bree because I could not think of Stephen Tolobowski. It's Tolobowski? Tolobowski. Tolobowski. Yeah. Damn it. Sorry, Stephen. <laughs> I know, I know but, Tobo's uh, listening. Yeah, he's definitely <laughs> listening. Uh, but I mean, we saw, we watched the remake of One Day at a Time that he is in. Mm-hmm. We watched uh, Silicon Valley, which he's in. And I kept calling him Toblerone because I couldn't think of what his actual last name is. I so, think that was like my joke originally. Oh, yeah, maybe. Like, and then I brought it to you because I never remember his last name. And yeah. then you just stuck to it. And now yeah. you just barely remember his Yeah, last so name. yeah, he's just Toblerone <laughs> in my head forever. But I, I do love, I do love him despite not knowing his name. Um, but. Uh, the two things that I think are great about that is one, uh, as an actor, he is really just wringing every little inch like yeah. he so can get good. out of this character yeah. to the degree that like every character he does has at least a little bit of Ned Ryerson in him, I think, for the rest of his career. Yeah. Ned and Ryerson became sure. part of him. And, yeah. Uh, a headcanon that I have for it that might actually be Harold Ramis's actual like thought process is because of the way the day happens, you know, like you think about their passing on the street. It's very hard to like really link that up some simultaneously like as like a as like um a show or a movie like it's good to have that interaction repeatedly so you can see the differences so i understand you know how Ramis being like oh they pass each other in the street but like to think like if bill murray's like out the door 10 seconds earlier that shouldn't happen at least not in the same place so my head canon is that ned ryerson has seen bill murray's character and is basically waiting to try to do like a happenstance like yeah. thing because yeah. he's trying to he pitch knows him he's insurance coming to town, so yeah. he makes it seem like an accident <laughs> well, like yeah. That. Yeah. He's just been standing like in that crosswalk yep. or whatever. For- <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah, the part where like Bill Murray hugs him and is like, what are you going to call it? Can you call in sick? Where are you going? Like, yeah, I don't know where you're going, but can you call in sick? Yeah, yeah. it's so good. <laughs> That's one of the ones that you have to figure. I mean, I didn't look it up. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's all written out, but there has to be 
dozens of versions of that scene. And then they just picked, you know, it's well known than what, five or six times actually in the movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah. They probably just had him do it again and again. Yeah, yeah. Just, like, yeah just try something different. And they're both really good actors. So yeah. they both just go with it, you know. Uh, Tobolowski, fourth build in the credits. Oh. Because uh, there's just not a lot of people who have a lot of lines yeah. in the movie. <laughs> True enough. Yeah, it's like him and Brian Doyle, uh, Brian, Dine, Brian Doyle Murray are probably the only other yeah, two. I think um, the actress who plays Nancy is in there, is like fifth or sixth, also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Shannon's in there. Yep. Just for oh a my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Which I only knew Super because, young like, Michael Shannon. I paused, excited about WrestleMania. <laughs> I paused uh, the the Amazon Prime. I scanned the cast before. I was like, oh, Michael Shannon's in this movie somewhere. And then during that scene, for whatever reason, I paused the movie and it was on Amazon. So it tells you who's in the scene. I'm like, yep. oh no, he's in the. Like, I had to go find him because he, in this first scene, he's in, his face isn't shown. So no. Yeah. Can't see his eyes. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, once you see his face, you're like, oh yeah, that's yeah. my. It's definitely him. Most intense looking person in the history of the world. Yeah. Um, The part, the one that I like, I feel like it's the one I remembered the most clearly was the part where they are, Bill Murray and Andy McDowell are making the snowmen and then they have the snowball fight and then they're walking and kind of like dancing on the gazebo. And I remembered that part super clearly. And I don't think I had remembered that they do it again. And in the, like immediate aftermath, Bill Murray just has this like crazy look in his eyes and is like trying to do like hit all those like marks as quickly as he yeah. can. And he's like, Yeah, he's forcing it so yeah, hard. Yeah, he's just like yeah. screaming at the kids, Can I adopt you? And he's like, throwing, and It's just like the craziest, it's like, like ex- Oh no, a young man has thrown a snowball at us. <laughs> yeah. Just like it was, it felt like an NPC had just like gone like, yeah. like off the wall, like they'd glitch somehow. And he's just like, I gotta hit all these points and do all these things and say all these yes. things. And like, Yeah. It was, so funny for me to have like I clearly remembered the first part and I did not remember that part mm-hmm. and then the other thing I didn't remember which was just like a quick scene was the part where he steals the money from oh, yeah. the like bank and then he rolls Very up funny. in like the is it like a Rolls Royce the car <laughs> and then he gets out in a like a like a Clint Eastwood <laughs> yeah, Clint Eastwood and, the yeah the and the girls in a like a maid outfit and it's like <laughs> I thought we were going to like a party <laughs> and he's like and no I'm just going to see my favorite movie which was Heidi 2 Heidi 2 he goes, yeah. seen, he's doing a Clint Eastwood impression he goes I've seen this movie a hundred times <laughs> and I was like I didn't remember that at Isn't all Isn't that a reference to something because I, I have know. it's so out of nowhere that he's just like we're going to do a Clint Eastwood bit and I was going to say it, it's Screams to me that like Bill Murray's had a Clint Eastwood bit in his back pocket for years, he and he just out, he yeah. he's friends enough with Harold Ramis that he's like, just give me like five minutes in this movie, it'll <laughs> it'll be fun. yeah. Because to your point, I remember the armored car bit really well because it's really funny. It's him counting it off yeah. and just grabbing the Quarters, money. You know, yeah, like. <laughs> yeah. One, two, three, car. car. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, he just like really casually just grabs the bag of money, and walks away. Yeah. I also forgot that the punchline, I guess. Yeah. Is that and that woman's like never she's not in any other scene, right? Never see that lady again. I like how much isn't explained sometimes. I do enjoy that. But on a meta level, I do wish that Bill Murray would tell me what the Clint Eastwood joke is. (laughs) (laughs) The ending's still a little ambiguous for me. Uh, I don't know if we want to go into the Palm Springs stuff now, but like just so like Palm Springs uh, is another time loop movie that came out a few years ago at this point, I think, with Andy. Yep, 2020 with. Uh, Kristen Malati and Andy Samberg and I don't want to spoil Palm Springs or anything but it's much more science based about why the loop is happening Yeah, mm-hmm. and ergo at the end the 
the conclusion comes while the conclusion might be ambiguous it's still like comes from a science perspective it's a little frustrating you know 30 years in the future now to be watching this movie one of the first time loop movies but the ending just kind of being i guess it was you know heart war you know like i guess it was just be a good person after all and mm-hmm. there was like no real like it, it adds to something because it's like in movies like Palm Springs and some other time loop movies, they know they're stuck in there for a reason. Bill Murray has no idea. And I do like going off what you just said about the sometimes it's nice to not know. Mm-hmm. Like it is nice that like he doesn't know why he's here. It has all those endings like where like you think like, oh, it's like almost like false endings where he does a thing and you're like, this is it. And then you just hear I got you, babe. And it's a very, very good trigger like to be like crap this is happening again Mm -hmm. i will say this that all happening while it is ambiguous does lead to the really good fake out ending of groundhog day yeah which we can also talk about yeah yeah, for sure brie i don't know if you want to explain your thoughts when the when the final day happened like what you were thinking yeah i thought because the movie is kind of long because the pacing is like an hour 40 i think like it just that middle part just feels so long like all the montages and stuff so like when i finally there was a few fake outs and then um, get to the end and the music starts playing again. It's like, how much longer do we have of this movie? She was thrashing. I was, I was like, can we like pause and check? Because there's no way. And I then literally know. like like 30 seconds later, it shows that it's the actual end. The loop yeah. is over. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Yeah, and they just um, played the same song because the radio station sucks. Yeah. 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 Um, I didn't super like this movie. And I will, I'm going to say it's only because type loop movies have just been made so much better. Mm-hmm. Like, I think... For the time, it was probably a great movie with a great idea, but like movies like Palm Springs that like kind of get over the whole like this is a time loop, you know it from the very beginning. Um, and then all even like with Happy Death Day, like, um, where she doesn't quite she knows she fi- ends up figuring out why it's happening and it stops when she figures out why, like, um, like because the whole plot of Happy Death Day is that someone is out to kill her and so she needs to figure out like why and who and then once she figures that out at the end the time loop stops so it's a there's a lot more um, of an explanation of like why it's happening and like Mm -hmm. how why it stops like groundhog day i just felt like it was just happening Mm -hmm. and then when it got to the end i was like i'm kind of glad this movie's over (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's definitely over time and as much as i want the clint eastwood bit explained to me (laughs) I like that this is just ambiguous. I think it's just, you know, we talked a little bit about nihilism before and it's kind of just like, who cares? It doesn't matter. Right. That's not really what it's saying, but it is sort of, I think a lot of movies around that are just kind of like stuff happens. (laughs) And I think I was talking with Ben about how watching The Good Place Mm -hmm. has kind of, I think, made me feel like or think a lot more about like philosophy going into this anyway. And I think feel like a lot of this movie was very much kind of dealing with the philosophy of life and kind of like, what does life mean? What is the, what is important in life and why the kind of dealing with the big question of the meaning of life in general. So as I was just looking up why or who wrote this and kind of all those different things, the original screenplay, I guess, leaned a lot more into philosophy and kind of actually like articulated and discussed like the philosophy of why this could be happening and life and everything. But that was kind of dialed back to make it one more palatable for audiences don't really want to sit through that a lot of times. And then two, to make it funnier because they were going to have Bill Murray. Um, And I did 
talk with Ben about how that seemed to be a big reason why Bill Murray and uh, Harold Ramis had kind of a falling out mm-hmm. a little bit after this movie. A was lot. That, a lot. <laughs> they they didn't talk for movie. 20 years. Yeah. Um, and it was because Bill Murray wanted this to be more philosophy based. And he wanted to bring a lot of those things in. Whereas, again, it would not have been probably something that a network would have really wanted. Mm. Um, but just getting into the philosophy at all, there's a whole theory out of uh, Nietzsche that's called uh, eternal uh, reoccurrence, I think. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what this over was born out of. And it's just the theory that we all relive our lives constantly mm-hmm. and kind of that being an unending sort of like hellscape for some people and not for others and having the chance to kind of knowingly be reliving a day and what would that would do to your psyche. Right. Um, which is very interesting, but also was a lot to kind of, (laughs) I feel like try and portray in a movie that Mm. was an hour and 40 minutes total. That's definitely a good point. I think the you can you can kind of feel some of the tension of trying to get headier about it and stuff. And this is when Murray's starting to pull away and hates being famous and all the doesn't enjoy wanting to like be the biggest star in America mm-hmm. as he was at the end of the eighties. So um and this is his last big starring comedy role, right? I think after this he starts pretty to, much he's like he's like Sp- in Space, Space Jam. Jam? Is that kind of- <laughs> <laughs> but then he starts doing Wes Anderson movies and uh, but yeah, it's interesting because like I think we touched on a little. I forget if we touched on it on the podcast or off uh, air. Um, I mean, Charlie's we, Angels in two thousand. <laughs> he's he's kind of like a big selling point. It's, that he's movie. not the yeah, but he's also in all those movies. He's not the lead. Mm-hmm. Like it's not. Well, like, he gets replaced for the second one because he keeps uh, <laughs> uh, verbally abusing the cast. Yeah. Um, Apparently, him and uh, Lucy Liu almost got to punch in each other. So yeah, probably good that they got rid of him. <laughs> yep, but. It's it's weird to me because like I was so I for I don't remember when I first watched this movie. I'm gonna guess it was probably high school or college. Mm-hmm. And then because everyone had been talking about what a great movie Groundhog Day was, and I watched it and I was like, wow, what a great movie. And then I don't think I watched it since then until now. Maybe I watched it like Kay was saying, maybe like a little bit yeah. here and there on TV. But sitting down to watch it this whole time with Brie for the first time, I kind of got done and I was like, I don't like I I went in thinking like this is like one of the big Bill Murray. Like this is like. Besides like Ghostbusters, this might be his two or his three for like movies. Caddyshack's tough because it's more of an ensemble, but he's a big part of it. Yeah. But I got done. Yeah. And I was kind of just like, I don't, I don't think it's a bad movie. I enjoy myself. I enjoyed rewatching it. But like, yeah, I think I went from people thinking this was one of the best comedies, one of the best rom-coms of all time to being like, I think this is just a solid movie. Like, uh, and I don't know if that's a harsh opinion, you know, or like a, minority opinion but like it just felt weird for like me to be like yeah no it's a great movie everyone knows it's a great movie and then me now be like "Mm, actually isn't a great movie yeah i think like we were saying before it takes a while to get lift off because the first almost 20 minutes are just kind of i don't know if they're necessarily bad i guess you have to set up that this guy sucks but it's just you're just hanging out with a guy who sucks yeah (laughs) and it's not really funny yet because all of all the jokes he's making just make him look really petty and kind of yeah. like a jerk. Yeah, that poor lady who was just asking if he needed more coffee yeah, and he exactly. had to like mock her like right, incessantly. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like, okay, I do, buddy. I do like the, do you have any deja vu? And uh, oh, I'll, I'll check the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you ever have deja vu? Really? Yeah. yeah. That lady's good. She, yeah. She's probably like sixth build. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, so Murray, I guess we can go into it now. Uh, Murray and Ramus work together in Caddyshack, uh, Stripes, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2, and then this. And then they don't talk for 20 years. Uh, Ramus gets diagnosed with, I forget what illness he had that he eventually died from. I think around 2011, and then I think he dies in like 2014. Mm-hmm. And uh, right, uh, Brian Doyle Murray, I guess, is the instrumental person in convincing Bill Murray to like reach out and uh, make amends before Harold Ramis dies, which apparently they did. Uh, Murray kind of famously at the, when he was presenting the cinematography Oscars gives a shout out to Ramis after he died. But I don't know. It's, it's, it's really weird. It's, un, it's unclear what happened there, but they were clearly going in different directions. Ramis wanted to try and bring out the comedy side more and Murray did not. And obviously Murray had his eye more towards serious stuff. Like you said, the Wes Anderson stuff, he makes Rushmore in 98. Mm-hmm. And then he still has some comedies and stuff, but he doesn't work as much. He doesn't star in a ton of stuff after that. And yeah, I guess the Wes Anderson ones, right? Yeah. Like Steve he's Zizu, got Lost he in Translation. In and, yeah, Lost in Translation, which which I love. Um, I really like Steve Zizu. That's probably the most... The Life Aquatic. Yes, <laughs> Life Aquatic, yeah. Well, he plays, yeah, whatever. Oh, I know. I just like saying the life aquatic. It's a a (laughs) great bit. It's a good bit. Um, (laughs) That's probably the most like divisive Wes Anderson movie as far as there's some that people are just kind of like, yeah, it's pretty good. But this is one that people are like, oh, it's my favorite one or like, oh, that's my least favorite one. (laughs) So I don't know. We'll get, I'll probably cut out all that stuff. But (laughs) all all that to say. It's there if you need it. He's he's got it. He's got obviously an eye towards transitioning Mm -hmm. into more serious stuff. Um even though he's still in a lot of crap, but you know, is this it for Andy McDowell? <laughs> I forget if she does. She does. Uh, she gets bigger from here. So now this is ninety three. Oh, so she still has the Hugh Grant stage. <laughs> yes, uh, this is ninety three. Ninety four is four weddings and a funeral. Is it still raining? I didn't notice. <laughs> or whatever that line. Is. Yeah, <laughs> a, a very divisive line. Is yep. that good or bad? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It it made me laugh, so I guess yeah. <laughs> that's what it was supposed to do. Well, well, with that, and again, we'll cut all this out. Is um, <laughs> is she is she making like is she being ironic, or does she actually not notice that it's raining? <laughs> I really hope it's people, the first one. <laughs> right? Yeah, people are kind of like, I don't know. She might not know it's raining. Um, yeah. Well, anything you guys have like notes you want to make sure we touch on? Do we want to talk about the my brief interaction with the, the actual yeah. inner circle? We do. So the reason <laughs> I I wanted to talk about this specifically with this crew is that um, Sam got in trouble with the Punxsutawney Mafia <laughs> once. <laughs> yeah. So I had a I had a blog in college that was mostly to it was mostly just resp- like um recaps of like Game of Thrones episodes and stuff. And it was it was not something that was done for fame. It was not something that was done. It was more just a like an creative outlet. And like maybe I would end up like maybe somebody would see it and maybe I'd end up like writing for a site. You know, like it wasn't it wasn't I, my career is not writing. Uh, and when Game of Thrones ended for the first couple of years, I tried to like think of other blogs, even if they were just solo blogs to do to kind of try to get to the next season and actually kind of flesh it out. Spoiler alert, that never happened. I didn't I just I just don't have the I don't have the creative like juices flowing enough to do something like that. So like I just gave up on it. But. 
in the in-between, there were a few blogs that I did, one of which was based on uh, the Groundhog Day Inner Circle, the Punxsutawney Inner Circle. So these are all the guys in suits and top hats that you see every time they're holding up the groundhog and stuff. And just to go into it a little bit, in case you have no idea about anything, it's just a bunch of like older white dudes that live in and around this town. Uh, they give themselves fun nicknames. Like they're all, by all accounts, they're nice, just nice nerdy dudes that just really like to, you know, like do this nice, wholesome fun. They just hang out at the nub. Yeah, they just hang out at the nub. And I just did a blog that just eviscerated them for no reason. <laughs> uh, I accused them all of crimes. Uh, for the most part, I made fun of their names. It was also like, it was like 10 years ago. So unfortunately, there was some body shaming in there and stuff that was not great, which I do feel bad about. But all this suffice to say, uh, the vice president of the uh, oh, actually I should I should I should start with this sorry all this suffice to say um, my blog usually got anywhere between two hundred and like four hundred hits on a go- or reads on a good like Game of Thrones like end of season blog uh, most of the time it was under a hundred this blog had over a thousand views <laughs> and I knew something was up immediately <laughs> and I didn't know why uh, and so. I didn't get that many comments. It was a very small blog that was shared with friends. And um, so mostly if people had a comment, they'd just tell me. Uh, but I got an email from a message. And I looked. like So I had to go into my WordPress stats, and I see I got a bunch of emails. And it is uh, an email from uh, Jeff Lundy, who was at the time vice president of the Inner Circle. He is now the president of the Inner <laughs> Circle. It had his email on it, so I know it, like, I know it was him. <laughs> um, and... Uh, I accused in the blog, uh, his, his title was like uh, f- um, Fair Weatherman, I believe. So I accused him of being a fake weatherman. <laughs> uh, and I think I, you know, I probably made fun of some, like I, I called him probably some name. And he just sent me a very nice note. Uh, that was just like, hey, Sam, like, uh, like to come out to Punxsutawney, you know, like, and we'll, we'll, and like, we'll show you a good time. Um, signed, um, falsely accused weatherman or something like that. No, I think you accused him of like treason or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, I accused, I accused some people yeah. of some really bad I stuff. Say, I did reread it a little bit. I was like, you really went after these guys. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> or um, bribery or something. Like, it wasn't just like fake weatherman. I think I it was can, an actual yeah, crime. Yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll do myself the disservice. I'll look up what I said to poor jeff lundy no. um, and it's uh i think it's so of a time because that was just like what comedy was then yeah kind of and like the blogs that, that we were both reading yep for sure it has a very bill simmons voice kind of thing going on yeah it's just because um, that like was this... also what bill simmons was doing yeah, yeah. At the time, well, it's for just sure. like hyperbolic sort of yeah. kind of over the top yeah. like you we're expecting no one to take that seriously. Right. Yeah. In in this bit, I make fun of, I have a Minnesota Vikings yacht reference. That's just how old this, <laughs> this blog is. That was like over 10 years ago. I think uh, Simmons still makes Minnesota Vikings yacht references. Yeah. His, uh, his potential crime. So the thing I did was I mentioned their title. I made fun of um, their bio and I gave him a crime and his crime was perjury for perjury. saying, for saying a groundhog is all knowing uh, that a podunk town has a crazy nightlife and impersonating a weatherman. <laughs> but he sent a nice, and he's he's now the president. Uh, I don't I don't think I saw him in this movie. There were some for sure people in this movie that were in my blog like this. So like whatever. Obviously, there's probably been a lot of turnover. You know, it was 30 years ago. I made this blog 10 years ago, so even still like 20 years after. Um, this movie came out, but there were some faces I recognized from the blog. <laughs> so they definitely got the actual inner circle to be there and just sprinkled like Brian Doyle Murray in there to be a mouthpiece. 
but yeah yeah so that was my so suffice to say everyone on the inner circle definitely read that blog no. because i think the entire town of punxsutawney might have read it because i got way more views oh man <laughs> yeah that must have been terrifying <laughs> did you respond to his email I did not, uh, and I have not never gone I to Punxsutawney. I would not have either. Uh, it's funny thinking that he, he has the two biggest like movie groundhogs, probably, because he's got the, the gopher, who is, I assume is the same as a groundhog, but it's an animatronic. So he fights animatronic gopher 14 years previous, or 13 years previous, and then is in a car with an actual groundhog. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm always surprised to see that. Like, oh no, that's a real groundhog yeah. when he's driving. Is that like the know. groundhog, or did they just get a groundhog? I'm not even. They filmed in Illinois, so yeah. it probably is a different groundhog. Is it actually the same groundhog in Punxsutawney every year? Yeah, I, I would don't assume know. that there's a pretty. They probably they must I, have a few to I'll pick go, from. I'll go like, ask Jeff Lundy. He'll get that. <laughs> yeah. Hey Jeff, it's been ten years. It's been ten years. I've, I've thought a lot about my response, <laughs> yeah, and grandma. I'm not sorry, but I have a couple questions. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. um, if you guys were living the same day for months, years, decades, however long it is, what would you get really good at? Yeah, that's a good question. Because I was talking about if they did it now, it'd be funny because like if they do it now, me and, like I work from home. So most of my weeks, like just playing close or playing like most likelies, I'm going to wake up on a day that me and Bree are working. Bree's not expecting me to leave. So I would have to find some excuse <laughs> to even go do anything or else Bree would be like, what are you, you know, like, just yeah. super suspicious? Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. why are you leaving for no reason? And then, yeah, like I would just probably just act sick. Uh, but then like, I don't know, like, cause it's like weird. Cause like on one hand you think, well, maybe I just play a bunch of video games, but then like, unless you can beat it in one day, it's gonna, yeah, your, your progress, progress doesn't, doesn't carry over. <laughs> well, that would be frustrating. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. I, yeah. Those, those were my first thoughts. So, like, oh, it would be bad, but like, I don't know. I could play a lot of video games. Like, nope, you actually can't. You can, you can play them. You can't beat a lot of them. Yeah. There's, um, I guess you now have anything you want to learn you can grab on youtube yeah. a lot a lot you'd have a lot work a lot harder in the early 90s to get knowledge about these things so probably read a lot of books yeah it's the same thing like i can just go to the library take out a book read it and know i that's, have to just keep doing yeah that. that's right. one thing that he that does show him doing is that yeah. at least okay you just remember what page you're on right yeah mm-hmm. um yeah i definitely learn a lot of languages that was my yeah. thought too. I was like, I would want to take the time to actually like learn a lot of like languages was kind of my, my first thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Cause you can't really like travel. You can't really go far cause no. you're going to reset. Although I think in Palm Springs, the like, it's not until you fall asleep. Correct. So like one of them on like one of the ones she's saying, she like stayed up for like 18 hours straight once and yeah. like got like all the way to like South America and then right. woke yeah. up and or it fell asleep. Matter. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. And like Andy Samberg talks about the worst days being the ones where you're in a hospital and they're trying to keep you awake because you have a concussion or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you're just in pain for like 40 straight hours, but mm-hmm. then you fall asleep and you end up mm-hmm. back because it doesn't matter. It's the sleep's the trigger. Right. So yeah. like if, you know, that's the case, like, yeah, I probably would try to just stay up as long as possible learning you know, languages and stuff. But it'd be tough because like at least like I was talking to her, at least it's a while it's a weird day because like like he even bill murray even says in the movie like of all the days that have to repeat like he has like a story that like he he's like on a beach on vacation and he hooks up with a with a girl yeah. and he's like why couldn't that be the day that i keep yeah. repeating <laughs> like it Better is a funny. blizzard in western pa yeah so. like if 
if I'm repeating a day where I'm at home, I feel like for the most part it'd be fine. But like you yeah. think if I'm repeating a day that I'm like, you know, traveling or something and like I'm kind of stuck wherever I am, it would be a lot tougher. Because like you said, he's got to go find a piano person. He has to like there could have been a timeline or he could have been in that timeline where that lady was just like, I'm off for Groundhog Day mm-hmm. and I'm not there. And there mm-hmm. could have just been no one there to learn piano. And yeah. granted, that's not a big part of the movie, but you yeah. know, like, there oh, could be yeah. li- limitations to what you can it, actually. It's, it's probably a harder experience, but you can just pull up piano tutorials on yeah. YouTube now. Mm-hmm. True. But yeah, I had the same thought of like, you would want to be somewhere where it's like you have access to all of your stuff and kind of can yeah. do things. Whereas like my first time I went to London or something would have been like really cool to kind of see and do all again. But then like that would quickly become old. Yep. And yeah. then you would be stuck with somewhere where you don't have good access to internet and things yeah. that would actually be helpful for you. So probably the best would be you're at home. You can kind of. Yeah. Just doing your normal home stuff and, yeah. and you've got all your stuff with you. It's important. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's weird talking about in Palm Springs, it's the sleeping. They never address it. Maybe it doesn't work, but they never address if he just stays up until 6 a.m. sees yeah. what happens. Like he had, because he mentions like, yeah, it doesn't reset till 6. Right, yeah. yeah. I think that was like one small line. Because she tried, like, tried to wait till midnight and he's yeah. like, right. yeah, that's not, yeah. that's not what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what I'd do. Get good at lassoing or something. Lassoing? <laughs> Whip, do, we do the Michelle Pfeiffer whips. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Cause yeah, like you were saying with video games or any project, really, you no. can't do any long-term project. No, you can't build anything. You <laughs> right, can't, yeah. yeah, you can't paint a painting unless you get done with it, you know, or like some, I guess yeah. you could paint a paint. That's a bad example, but like yeah, you get really good at painting, but yeah. you don't get to keep any of the artwork. It, it ends up being like the Bob Ross thing. Like you keep doing it until you just get so good that you're just fast at it. Cause yeah. that's whole like Bob Ross's whole like 10,000 10,000 hours of just learning to do it really quick yeah. so he can do that show. <laughs> but that's the only thing I can think of is like maybe getting more efficient at like art stuff. But yeah, video yeah. games are screwed uh, unless it's something you can beat in a day or you're just yeah. playing multiplayer. Yeah. I guess, I mean, what he I, did, yeah, like learning just skills. Play Warzone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's like the weird thing is it's like what I just like would I just like I would feel like I would just come into a system where like if I was working that day just be like oh I'm you know fake a fake a sickness and just stay home tell Bree not to worry about me you know like I'll just keep working I'll be fine you know like it's not that bad I'm just taking the day everyone's fine with it it's probably not as bad now as if we had done this a year and a half ago but obviously the maybe not parallels but the quarantine times when you're just kind of living the same day over and over again without yeah. variation. This might have been a rougher watch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> so we already talked about Palm Springs, Happy Death Day. There's a lot of video games that by nature, even before there's explicit time loop video games, time looping is sort of just a core mechanic you know having extra lives or yeah or safe scumming or, or yeah. safe sca- scumming whatever I was waiting yeah <laughs> yeah bill murray's essentially safe scumming right yeah <laughs> so yeah what i mean uh majora's mask yeah legend of zelda majora's mask is a big one time yeah bill murray's just playing that song of time at the end going back and back uh death loop this year and loop hero just from this when i say this year 2021 yeah. Are, uh, I mean, the looping mechanics are huge. Yeah. Dark Souls games are basically time loops. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Outer, Outer Wilds. Wilds. Outer yeah. Wilds <laughs> is a huge time loop one. 
Yeah, time looping is a hugely popular mechanic in video games that people are still ringing dry. Though so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, twelve minutes. Twelve. Yeah. Ugh, I don't. We need a whole another podcast for twelve <laughs> minutes. That game stinks. Uh, but <laughs> only up till the very end. The game was good, and then the ending was whack. But <laughs> anyway, that's a poor the the, the movie podcast. <laughs> But um, we're talking about time the, loops. the Hannibal Burris gif where he's going whack. whack. That's basically the end. They, they, if, they, yeah. if the ending of that game whack. instead of like was just Willem Dafoe walking in the room and saying whack in a Hannibal Burris voice, it would have been yeah. better than the actual <laughs> ending they had. Yeah, um, it looks but. not like <laughs> but not a experience. Yeah, it's it's fun because the those video games that you mentioned and even games like Life is Strange. The first one has like a very minor time loop mechanic because the whole thing is that she can rewind like fifteen seconds or something like that and change like her decision or change. But like the major decisions are set in stone because it's like oh I'm going to tell this person and then walk away and then it's going to be too late to change. Um, but like I, I it's it's fun because like. A lot of stuff like save, like you even said, like save scumming and like any decision based game where stuff changes like a Mass Effect or a Telltale game. Uh, it's inherently fun, but it's different in, in me or with me because like a lot of stuff in video games, it's driven by successes, like successful, like um, a com- like completion of a task or, you know, getting the best ending or getting the best like result. Whereas, like, in movies, it's almost inherently... I guess Happy Death Day is kind of more like a video game in its time loop because she's mm-hmm. trying to fix a problem. Yes, yeah. Uh, but, like, stuff like Groundhog Day in Palm Springs, it's it seems much more just kind of like, all right, let's master a skill. It's almost like a roguelike of a movie. Like, it's like mm-hmm. we're just going to keep running our head into the ground until we gain enough stuff, mm-hmm. like a like a Hades kind of. I don't know how many people have played yeah, Hades. Yeah, now you're getting to roguelites, which is... Yeah, but it's like it's the same kind of time loopy, but... Because while the stage change changes unlike the movie like unlike a groundhog day movie well there's the there's time loops where um where it's the same exact thing and you just gain a little more knowledge and then mm. there's more roguelites where um the more you do the loops the more you're progressing because you're getting more skill yeah. you're getting more resources and stuff so but you, slightly different yeah but you can argue that that's kind of what bill murray's doing he's almost like he's in a time in a roguelike yeah, because he's getting his skills he's figuring out the best way to do something right. well he can't really like gain resources he's just getting knowledge yeah so, so. being a good guy is him is him beating hades is what i'm saying yeah. <laughs> Him finding out, oh crap! Oh, this all just comes down to I need to help people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I don't know. So, so you didn't really like it that much? <laughs> no, I. So if I wouldn't have watched um, any other time loop movie, like if I was like, well, this movie came out before I was born, but like if I had seen it before all these other movies and played all these other games, I probably would have enjoyed it way more. Um, but the formula has just been perfected since then. Maybe a little overdone because I feel like time loop is like as a mechanic and as like a trope is like really coming back um, in the last few years. But I just feel like there's been so many other movies that have done it so much better. Um, I like the interactiveness with time loop games more than watching it in a movie. Um, so the, the movie itself is not bad. I just feel like it, since it's been done so much better since then, it's just kind of like tainted, like watching like the OG of it. It's like, well, I can just watch Palm Springs or I can watch Happy Death Day or I can play Majora's Mask. <laughs> what do you think about this movie? I'm actually curious because I think we've all kind of given various. Yeah, yeah, no, I like it. I think it's, um, like I said, the, the beginning is, it takes a little while to really get into it, but then the, the time looping stuff's fun. 
I like a lot of the supporting performances. Yeah. I mean, really, Tobolowski is what we're talking about. <laughs> here. We're, we love Tobolowski. Oh. Um, and and uh, yeah, I think it's just it's just overall pretty fun. I think once Murray gets into his more comfort zone, kind of taking it easy, because that's that's just like Murray's whole thing is like is already kind of like oh, none of this matters, and I'm just going to kind of do what's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so once he actually gets into that headspace, I think it kind of takes off a little more. And it does without going so crazily into the dark side of how time loops can go. It still does touch on a lot of more serious things. And I guess the kind of modulation, like we said before with Murray's uh, performance here is what leads him into where he, I guess he wanted to be some more serious roles. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. I I like it a lot. I like Andy McDowell a lot. So yeah, I I think it's uh, I think it's a good time. Is it my favorite Chris Elliott movie? I don't know. Snow day. <laughs> God, that's him in snow day. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's a great one. Um, I can't think of that the many. Great pull, not a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's valid. Just a, just a we'll do Cabin Boy eventually. Yeah, I was gonna say I can't, all the Chris Elliott movies I can think of are just awful. So it's tough to like. Yeah. he's much more of a sitcom person in my head, especially now. Yeah, I mean, now, yeah, now after Shit's Creek, like, like, he was in How I Met Your Mother for a yeah. bit. Yes. I, I, so yeah, I think uh, I think it's a pretty good movie. Um, sometimes we, re- I remember that we kind of rate these occasionally. So what would what would everyone rate it on any scale of your choosing? <laughs> uh, I'd say maybe like a, a solid eight. Um, Pugs and Tonys. Pugs and Tonys. Solid <laughs> eight groundhogs yeah. out of ten. Seven between seven and eight, but seven and a half sounds bad for some reason. That's where I was landing. I was like right in like the seven and a half range. I would say I'm, I'm more comfortable with a four out of five groundhogs. So it's crazy to me. I was gonna say I, it's crazy to me that I would have said this was like when people would ask me, I would have been like, oh yeah, four or five star movie, or like oh well, on a ten scale, I probably would have said like nine. But rewatching yeah. it really, yeah. it really does come down to what Bree said with the I feel like there's just been better time loop movies since, and there's just a little it's aged a little badly with all like the he's very forceful, he's very like caustic he straight up assaults andy mcdowell at one point like it gets yeah. stuff like that just it kind of just like you don't end up knowing who you're cheering for until way too far into the movie yeah i think that's fair and and, and, and like i said i do appreciate even coming out of 93 it does show that that doesn't work yes mm-hmm. and that she, and that she gets like mad at him about it but yeah. it doesn't it doesn't entirely reckon with it in the way it would have to today where it's like oh this is actually a bad person yeah right it never really says this is a bad person more than just like this guy's a jerk and he has to learn to not be quite so much of yeah. a jerk. Yeah. Bree, what's your rating? I'm it's just average for me, honestly. Like I would like I said, I appreciate the formula and it was like I think it was the first movie of its kind because everything we call using the formula we call a Groundhog's Day movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's, it's not the newest, um I, or not the newest. Um I don't think it's like the very first like media that has done it. But I think it was the most prolific. I was going to say, it's definitely the one that became like part of the lexicon. Right. Like, yeah. Because yeah. yes. I when think you know, there might have been like books or something before. Uh, oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. Maybe there was some older movie where they did something like it. But it was definitely the the first like most prolific one to like spawn the trope. Um, so I appreciate that. But as a movie, I, I don't super like it all that much. So yeah. The, this is a five out of ten. This is a cultural point of reference, which is mm-hmm. something we hadn't mentioned before because it just kind of 
goes without saying. You, mm. Even if you haven't seen this movie before, you've heard of it in that right. context, I would say. Like, people would point out, like, I was like, oh, what's Palm Springs? And, like, people would say time loop movie, but, like, I'm sure somebody along the line said to me, oh, it's like Groundhog Day, but, like, yeah. with like, Jupiter. I, des- like, yeah. I was like, I feel like yeah. I described it like that to yeah. someone. Like I said, it's, oh, it's like Groundhog Day. Like Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. That's like definitely like thing. New. Like, yeah, yeah, you exactly. don't have to go further. Like, like oh, yeah. I had yeah. never watched Groundhog Day before this. Yeah, J.K. Simmons. And the good thing is that, uh, like Brie touched on, like you don't, you don't have you, because Groundhog Day exists because time loop has been a thing. You don't have to sit there and spend all the time like being like, oh my god, I'm in a time loop. It's just Andy Samberg comes in, they end up in the time loop, and Andy Samberg is like, you're in a time loop. This is what happens. Yeah. These are the rules. Done. Like, yeah. and we just move on. Palm yeah. Springs did it so well movie. without having to do all those like yeah. montages and stuff. But without like, Groundhog you already Day, know. they probably would have. So that's like, that's the, the thing. Yeah, thing. they it's did like, such they yeah. laid such a good foundation. Yeah, yeah. that it made way for. For Palm Springs and Happy Death Day to um, well, I wouldn't say Happy Death Day is at the same level of Palm Springs. I think yeah. Palm Springs is a much better movie, but uh, Happy Death Day is still a very fun movie and it's mm. still a very good time loop movie. Um, but yeah, those two movies wouldn't have been anywhere near as good if they didn't have Groundhog Day as a foundation for for those movies. Absolutely, yeah. I don't normally just like look up trivia and then go, this one's interesting and then say it, but this one was. <laughs> Stephen Tabulowski was the honorary grand marshal in the Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. Uh, I guess a parade of some sort on February 2nd, 2010. So yeah, parade uh, or just, can you grand marshal just an event? I guess maybe you can. Yeah. He just so, introduced some of waves a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was the grand marshal. In his speech on stage, he performed the whistling belly button act to which he refers in the film. Huh. <laughs> Which just sounded like a throwaway nonsense thing, yeah. but I guess yeah. uh, it's a you thing Steve Tobolowsky can do. Tobolowsky's got in his back pocket for any, <laughs> oh for any moment. Uh, I'm just reading that now. I'm sure that's findable on YouTube. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, thanks. Uh, I almost forgot. I keep almost forgetting, but I didn't. Uh, you can reach us by <laughs> Googling us. Um, and if that doesn't work, check out the Instagram. It is late to the movies underscore podcast. That's the number two, not too spelled out. And uh, same deal with the email late to the movies at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, give us any feedback you want, or if there's movies you think we should cover. If there's complaints you need to lodge, that's fine too. Uh, uh, since I have a mic in front of me, I'd like to lodge a formal complaint against Greg for slandering both frozen <laughs> two and Re- wreck it Ralph two. <laughs> by saying they were trash (laughs) they were not trash (laughs) I think he said Frozen 2 was by far the worst so there's like a big gulf yeah I'm gonna have to throw some hands at that because Frozen 2 is better than Frozen 1 to start I disagree with that that is a nice cold take I think Um, she really likes like wind noises or whatever the hell Uh, yeah, and I think uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet is is a is a good time, yep. but hey, whatever. I also liked it. Thanks, guys. You're Thank welcome. you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and as you guys know, I don't really know how to start the podcast, so it'll be something like uh, <laughs> something like uh, Time Loop or Welcome to the Movies. My name's Ben. Uh, we'll trail off like, right there. <laughs> we'll trail off right there. <laughs> we should have played... Uh, we should have ended with like the oh, I got you, babe. Yeah. Just like ain't no mountain we can climb. Movies. Play to the movies. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs>